Well, good morning. Um, uh, thank you all for being here today. It is... How did you find that, Trisha? Happy Thanksgiving, y'all. Where is that from? Did you make that? I Thanksgiving coloring pages. No way. Oh, that's awesome. I know I had a good one. But, uh, it is a great day to come together and fellowship and pray and praise the Lord and then also to just turn in his word and be encouraged and equipped and uh, convicted all the more to uh, to serve him and to aim to please him through through this life because he is worthy and uh, he is the God of refuge. For the last few weeks, we had studied Psalm 145, and it was a good time uh, looking at the kindness of God and just how that extends that he has mercy upon all of his creation and that all those that cry out to him, he is near to, that he hears, and that we cry out to him in spirit and truth. Now, the Psalms are a great part of Scripture that we can run to when we are dealing with hurts and pains when we don't know how to worship in the circumstances that we find ourselves in, we can run to them and see that even though there's so much turmoil, uh, I mean, David wrote a lot of them in times of turmoil and uh, just that he knew who to fix his gaze upon and was the maker of the mountains. <coughs> you know, when hope seems to be gone and even... We see that some of the psalmists turn to God and find him there in the midst of everything going on, offering hope and shelter. I was uh, reminded of the words of Jeremiah that as I've, I've been taking a background study uh, uh, of the New Testament, and Jeremiah actually remained in Judea after the Babylonians had crushed everything the third time that they had come in, and they uh, destroyed the city, laid waste to the temple, and... Everything was gone in 586 B.C. Remember that date. It's on the test later, okay? Right? <laughs> Everything was crashing down around him, and Jeremiah writes these words in the book of Lamentations. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercy never comes to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I will hope. In him. What we hope in matters. For if our portion is in the world, it will dry up. It will be lost. It will rust. It will be eaten like eaten by moths. But if our hope is in the portion, but if our portion and our hope is in the Lord, then even when the bottom dries out, drops out, and everything seems like it's going the wrong way, we can cling to the Lord God. The psalmist echoes the words of Jeremiah with this. God is our refuge and strength, our very present help in trouble. Therefore, I will not fear, even though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, and though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling. Shalah. And we stop and think upon that. God alone is the very present help in trouble. <laughs> Humanity fails, humanity falls, governments can't keep their promises. And the question comes, what if no one answers the 911 call? Can we, can I stop and think about that? 
as a culture, as a civilization, we, we press forward, right? Civilizations do that. And we look through the annuals of history and you see forward thinking about fitness and health and, and, and music. We see that it's about that the citizens would prosper, that, that the country would prosper and the empire would prosper. Or even the reverse of that, that the ideology of the regime would prosper, right? That would go forward into forever. We, on the other hand, need these words from the book of James keeps on coming up all the time, but it's so important, right? The whole of Scripture is all important. But James asks some really good questions. Do you not know? You do not know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? For you are a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. And then one psalmist, I found, I found this one. I was like, ooh, this is... You know, mist is like, oh, it kind of stays for a while, right, maybe. But one psalmist says it like this. For my days pass away like smoke. Peter offers us this as he writes his first letter. Since you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable. Right? It's not going to rust or get eaten by moss. Through the living and abiding word of God, for all flesh is like grass, and all its glory like the flowers of grass. The grass withers and the flowers fall, but the word of the Lord remains forever. And this is the word, is the good news that was preached to you. And we in Christ have hope that even if our faith, or sorry, even if our health fails, even if we're unable to find fulfillment in work and in hobbies or in this life, in Christ we are born again, right? born from above, right? It's a, it's a work of God. And therefore our hope, our life is set, is actually hidden in heaven, right? That's what Paul says in Colossians. Now C.S. Lewis probably is probably one of the most quoted people up here sometimes, right? But he states a lot of things on a lot of different issues. But on this issue, on talking about human existence and experience, Lewis states this, If I find in myself a desire which no experience in this world can satisfy, then the most probable explanation is that I was made for another world, right? We are hard-pressed. We turn every which way trying to find the grail, trying to find the fountain of youth or trying to find the next best thing. That, you know, the newest iPhone will fix it all, right? It will solve all the problems. But as we see from the book of Ecclesiastes is that life under the sun without the Holy One is full of folly and vanity. Solomon states this and warns his readers. It says the end of the matter, all has been, this is the end of the matter, all has been heard. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. It's nice to have a summary, right? Right? You know, you know this is the mission. <laughs> this is the whole duty. To fear God and keep his commandments, for God will bring every deed into judgment and every secret thing, whether good or evil. And one day we will face our maker, our lawgiver. And if we are in Christ, we will face our friend and our redeemer. Let's uh, start in a word of prayer before we 
turn to the next psalm that we'll be studying. And Father God, we, we thank you for today. Thank you for the songs sung. Thank you for the many blessings that you pour out upon us through Christ. That we can have a relationship with you, Lord, that we are no longer in the darkness, but we are in the light. And we can know you through your word, your revealed word spoken out to humanity that we may know what we ought to do. To believe upon you and to aim to please you through our days. And then like David says, to dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And be with us in this time as we study your scripture, as we uh, see the amazing refuge that you are, God. And thank you for today. Thank you for your grace and mercy. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. How much time do I got, Justin? A good hour, you think? Right? No. Oh, please turn your Bibles with me to Psalm 91. I was like, during Sunday school, it started smelling so good. I was like, let's be done. Let's just eat right now. You know? So just five minutes? Yeah, okay, okay. Let's go. I need to go. That's Psalm 91. Uh, let's read the, the whole passage that we'll be in today. Don't worry, it's only four verses, so maybe more than five minutes. But Psalm 91, verses 1 through 4, state this. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust, for he will deliver you from the snare of the flower, flower and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with his pinions and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness is a shield and a buckler. This is the word of the Lord. And the main point of the psalmist here is that those that dwell with the Lord have nothing to fear. Whether your loved one is in the ER or we find ourselves in the ER, whether the storm is raging or all the earthly hope is gone, those who dwell with the Lord are safe. Now I'd like to take a moment, because I, as I read this passage and read this whole psalm, I was thinking of, you know, I need to address this, right? I need to address the teaching of the health and wealth groups of, you know, the prosperity teachers or the word of faith people. You know, these groups can easily look at the psalm and say, you know, see, you know, God wants to bless you. And it's true. God, God wants to bless us. But not what many of not with what those many false teachers are peddling, so they can make false promises and get rich from the masses of people thinking these false hopes will fulfill them in this life. Context kills bad theology. Right? We need the whole context of Scripture as we read even a Bible verse. 
and we deal with this not not to hate people, right? Not to, uh, you know, not to laugh at them or anything, but to help them, to call them out of false teaching, to say, no, that's not how we read it. And it is to warn people because bad theology, as we've seen throughout history, hurts people and makes them think, oh, maybe I'm doing something wrong. Maybe I don't have enough faith. And that's why God won't heal me. And all sorts of sayings come with those groups and those theologies. See, the truth is, is that we live in a broken world. And with that comes this truth. Hebrews 9, 27. Just as it is appointed for man to die once and after that comes judgment. Here on this terrestrial, right? Terrestrial plane. We hurt. We are hated. We face sickness, plagues, and death. And this and that. That is what the world is. It is not as it should be, right? But Paul looks forward to this. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time, right? This present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. There is suffering now. And Jesus said we will have great trouble here. And tribulation is actually defined as great trouble. We don't need to worry though because Jesus states... Fear not, for I have overcome the world. We don't hope for better days here. No, we need to be realists. Sorry, right? <laughs> but we deal with the reality of a broken world and the Lord's promises. And the Lord's promise found in Jesus. He states this, I am the resurrection of the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet he shall live. We find struggle here. But in Christ, we find what we truly need, resurrection and then life. Right? We, we like flipping those. We want life and then we'll, we'll deal with that, right? You know, it's, these are the promises of God. Resurrection and then Life, new life, being able to dwell with God forevermore. David states it like this in Psalm 91. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. If we dwell in the shelter of God, we will abide. We will live in his shadow. David states it greatly like this in another psalm of his, is Psalm 2, verse 12. Blessed are those who take refuge in him, right? Humanity's problem stands tall. It's seen as a virtue now, right? Rather than a vice. It's pride. Pride of being who you are. Proud that this is who I am. Our culture encourages it wholesale. Pride in our work, pride in our sexuality, pride in our truth, pride in our reality. So it is a hard pill to swallow that there is a most high. Because some people, right, who likes living in a shadow? Right? Ah, I don't want to be in someone's shadow. I'm, I'm me. I want to be my, yeah. 
<laughs> I want to be my own person. I don't want to live in this person's or that person's shadow. But he stands against the proud. He defines our image. He defines male or female. And that's it. He tells us what sin is and he tells us what good and evil are. And then the Lord has this to say about it if we disagree. Woe to those who call evil good and good evil. Who put darkness for light and light for darkness. Who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. I don't know what better yet describes our cultural circumstance right now than that verse found in Isaiah. The question is put before us, whom will we follow? Who will we dwell with? Would we rather have the Lord's way or our own way? If we say to the Lord that he is my, I like this, right? Because it's kind of pairing with Psalm 145, my God, my King, right? If we say to him, my refuge, my fortress, my God, then we are placing our trust in him and we are safe. I like it because it actually points to the, the ABCs of the Christian faith. You ever see that little booklet? I think it was uh, Bill Bright's ministry, Campus for Crusade for Christ, that printed them out back in the day. But it went through the ABCs of Christ, of coming to Christ. We accept that we're a sinner in need of God's grace. We believe upon the Lord Jesus and you will be saved. How amazing are those words. And if you confess him, right, then you, take, you partake. You do these ordinances, what we call them, right? But they point to the fact that Jesus has done it all, and that's communion and baptism. They don't save, but they confess who we have trusted in for our salvation. Christ Jesus. In trusting the Lord, we are called away. We are delivered from the snares, from the traps, and from the cords. I thought about this for a little bit, and I was like, that, that kind of comes twofold, right? It's really cool if you look at it. In twofold ways, in Christ Jesus, we are called to do this, to lead a peaceful and quiet life, godly and dignified in every way. You know, we pay our taxes, we pray for our leaders, even if we disagree with them. Sometimes that's hard, other times it's easier, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so this can happen. So the good news can go forward. Secondly, we have the book, right? The Bible. You can read all the history of humanity and all of its bad stuff, right? The Bible is very real with how people are sinful. And it warns us, let's not do this. Let's learn from Israel here and not do that, right? Don't do this, don't do that. Stay away from this. And what to be about in our days as well. The psalmist states it like this in verse 4 of Psalm 91. He will cover you with his pinions. And under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness is a shield and a buckler. Now this was a fun psalm when I was studying it over the summer because pinions is actually that word that kind of like stuck out to me. And I'm like, I kind of want to study this. And then, you know, it led to a sermon. <laughs> and it's the four feathers of the wings and then he envelops you as well with his whole of his wings. That if we trust upon the Lord and take refuge in him, he will cover us 
When we are weak, we find strength in the Lord. When we are down and out, hanging by a cord, we find out what we have placed our faith in. C.S. Lewis again talks about this issue. And this is probably one of my favorite quotes. The other one's a really good one too. But he states this, You will never know how much you really believe anything until its truth or falsehood becomes a matter of life and death to you. It is easy to say you believe a rope to be strong and sound as long as you are merely cording a box with it. But suppose you had to hang by that rope off a cliff when you first, then first discover how much you really trusted it. Now here is where there is nothing to hide behind, right? When everything is down and out and all the cards are on the table, are we covered by him? Do we trust him or are we suppressing the truth that is plain to see? Because one day we will find ourselves in need of hope that the world cannot offer. And those in Christ are covered by his blood and able to dwell in the shadow of the Almighty forever. We find it is not just the gifts, right? Not anything else, but it's the person of God of all that we can be right there with him, the Most High, the Holy One who made us and who came for us and that we can rest in his faithfulness You can imagine a shield, right? Who likes war movies? You know, Romans, Colosseums, ah, right? Nobody? Come on over. We can watch Gladiator together. Right? <laughs> Narnia, yeah, there you go. There's a shield, yeah. We got, you know, shields. Yeah, we know what those look like, right? It's a thing that you can hide behind for cover and, you know, not get shot by an arrow, right? get an arrow in the knee and your quest is done. Paul says this in Ephesians about the shield of faith. And go ahead and turn in your Bibles to Ephesians 6 with me if you want to. But in all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. And it's Ephesians 6, 10 through 12 is what we'll be looking at. And in ancient times, uh, the enemy shot arrows. And you needed a shield to block those fiery darts <coughs> meant to wound or kill. The buckler, anybody do a word search on one of those? Or you, know, you talk about your buckler, hey, this is cool. You see my buckler? Right? No one talks like a, a belt buckle, right? We got those, and the, they can probably block an arrow, <laughs> some of them, right? You know? But a buckler is something we don't really talk about. Uh, but it is actually a portable shield. This is really cool with the, the pinions, you know, and, and the wings, and then the shield and the buckler. But historically, they were small round shields held by the hand, or worn on the forearm, actually. In the modern era, we know what street-to-street -street fighting looks like. We only have to think about Fallujah during the Iraq War or even now what's going on in Palestine and Israel. We know that there is ranged combat and close quarters combat, street-to-street -street fighting. 
And that actually is how it goes for our souls and for the whole of the souls of humanity and those that walk with Christ. And therefore, we need to take refuge in the Lord. And in, uh, sorry, in Ephesians 6, 10 through 12, Paul states this, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of the evil of evil in the heavenly places. Now this world is full of many dangerous toils and snares. So let us cling to the Lord above and be ready and watchful. The best thing to know in life, in our walk with the Lord, if we trust in him, is that we are not alone. No matter what we're going through, we can be strong in the Lord and rest in his strength, in the strength of his might. We can and should understand that, yes, there is, there is physical war, and we should understand that there is spiritual war today as well. But the victory is won. And we can rest assured that God is a God who keeps his promises. Now please turn in your Bibles with me to John, John chapter 16. And we'll be at the end of the chapter in uh, verses, yeah, verse 33. But Jesus speaks plainly to his disciples. He states this, I've said these things to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, right? Defined as great trouble. I'm like, ooh, how encouraging, right? But take heart. I have overcome the world. How amazing is that? If you actually pull back and see the whole context of verse 16, we see that the Lord tells his followers this. Indeed, the hour is coming when whoever kills you will think he is offering service to God. And then Jesus tells them this as well, that the Holy Spirit comes. When he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. And this as well of, of the Holy Spirit, that the Holy Spirit will guide them into old truth and then Jesus also informs them that, yes, they will weep and they will be sorrowful, but their sorrow will turn into joy. And we see this in verses 21 and 22 of the chapter. When a woman is giving birth, she has sorrow because her hour has come. But when she has delivered the baby, she no longer remembers the anguish for the joy that a human being has been born into the world. So also you will have sorrow now but I will see you again and your hearts will rejoice and no one will take your joy from you. That's a, you know, from darkness to light, right? There is pain coming for them in the present, right? Jesus is preparing them for the crucifixion to take place and that the Son of Man will be raised up. He's getting them ready for that. He tells them, yes, it will be painful just like birthing a child, 
But through this pain will come great joy and great blessing. And then he tells them this, I have overcome the world. That he is the anointed one. He is the man, the son of man, the son of David, the Messiah. And that by his life, his death and his resurrection, he has overwhelmed all the things that have overwhelmed us, both sin and death. That has overcome us, but Jesus has overcome every single thing of it on the cross. And that all the righteous requirements of the law have been fulfilled in that just action. And that we can be justified in Christ Jesus. And therefore have nothing to fear because the God of refuge is with us. Now let's close in a word of prayer. Now, Father God, we, we thank you for today. Thank you for everything that you have given us, Lord. Thank you that you are the God of refuge that surrounds us and shields us and comforts us and protects us. And then no matter what we are going through, no matter what is happening in this world, no matter what circumstances we find ourselves in or family, find, family members find themselves in, that we can point them to the God of refuge and that we can rest upon your strength and your mercy throughout all things and then one day dwell in your house. Lord, be with us today as we go and, and, and feast, as we give thanks. For you are a good God that we can rest upon your faithfulness like a buckler and a shield. Thank you, Lord, for everything that you have given us, Lord. Thank you that we can personally know you through Christ our Lord. I just praise you and pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen.